Boz. Welcome to the Land of Boz with Jeff Bosley. And welcome to the Land of Boz, a bonus episode for Friday, November 4th, because I said I would only do them once a week, but I was jonesing for a fourth, another episode today, and I had to drag in my better half to do it. Everybody, say hi to Betty. Betty, say hi to everybody else. Hey, guys. So, as everybody knows, Betty is a reason slash the reason I moved to Nebraska and is at fault for said move. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, this is us. We're recording from the little studio in our home slash the home she bought us because I own a home elsewhere. Makes me sound like I'm a baller, which I'm really not. I just couldn't sell it. And yeah, so Betty, if you want, tell us about yourself in two minutes or less. Oh, okay. Uh, Recorded. Well, I actually do like long walks on the beach, but I prefer actually to be in the water. (laughs) And I hate the beach. It's a fun fact. (laughs) Jeff also likes the cold weather, and I don't. So here we go. Eight out of ten things of us match. (laughs) The other two, or eight, twenty percent, really do not. That's okay. It's the uh, it's the ways we can help each other survive. We can tag in. Um, I'm medical backgrounds and medical radiographer. I've worked with a range of different professionals and I've learned a lot from all of them. And also have an art background, and have done a lot of theater, modeling, um, some acting as well. Yep. I like She's- coffee. <laughs> <laughs> She's all about the life hacking and all that, but the one thing I will call her out on is the fact she has coffee at 6 p.m. at night. I metabolize it. I metabolize it really, really fast. So that's my excuse. It's like it didn't happen. Luckily, I have to look at the soundboard so I can roll my eyes the entire time we're recording it. She can't tell. I can tell. Anyway, so <laughs> yes, uh, kissing her ass because she's here with me. She is a combo of brains and beauty. So. Lucky me. And she's younger than me. <laughs> like I pointed out yesterday, I was like, younger. Yay. Good good for me. So without further ado, she is our co-host for the day, and we're going to get on with the rest of the show. Uh, so welcome to Friday, November 4th, the land of Boz, and let's get to it. All right. And to stick with the template, and little does Betty know, because she's been introduced to this podcast for the first time yesterday, which was some of my worst work to date. Um... People actually, back when school was normal, I don't know how it is now, were actually playing this in their classrooms, my Today in History segment. So That's awesome. You're part of helping me shape the young minds of the world. So You're welcome, kids. Yes, you're welcome, parents and children. <laughs> and sorry, parents. So with that, we will continue on to This Day in History. Extra, extra, read all about it, life story of Playboy Penny, extra, I brought this up yesterday. I say, all right, with every segment, I need to be a better host. Today, November 4th, 1979, the Iranian hostage crisis. The U.S. Embassy in Tehran, Iran, was seized and 63 American hostages are taken and held for 444 days. I actually didn't know the 440 days part. The embassy was taken over by Iranian students who believed the U.S. was attempting to undermine the Iranian's revolution. They also opposed U.S. support of the Shah of Iran, who after being overthrown went to the U.S. for cancer treatment. Oh, America. Just making everybody taking care of them. <laughs> they wanted in return to stand trial for crimes against the Iranian people. So, um, November 4th, 1939, the first factory air-conditioned automobile, which, another one of our opposites. 
baby could give a shit about air conditioning. <laughs> Whereas for me, it's a prerequisite to exist. I've, I've got like a narrow window of <laughs> survivable temperatures. <laughs> I need air conditioning after a our, certain point. <laughs> our, fa- our, our fancy Google thermostat basically is set at don't make them fight. It's dramatically confused yes. right now. <laughs> <laughs> November 4th, 1924. First, oh, and we also have a special guest, Bodhi. So if you hear panting, that's not Betty. <laughs> And if you hear metal on metal, it's not also Betty. Um, I will say, you can hear that. So we'll put that up here. Minimal movement. Bodhi's a diva. November 4th, 1924, the first woman U.S. governor, Mrs. Nellie Taylor. That's a weird name. That's got to be a typo. Taylor Ross. She's elected by Wyoming, taking office January 5th, 1925. I would not have put Wyoming as the state to do that. But he's just giving me... Uh, moving on. King... Can you say his full name? King Tinkerman. What? It's not a long A. I thought it was Tutankhamen. Tut- 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 oh. Tutankhamen? Yeah. You know, I think you might be right. The way you said it sounded fascinating, though. I'm not making... Like, that was... Uh, November... Actually, I'm going to quit looking back at you when I talk. Because <laughs> it sounds like that. Because I do that and it comes back. I think you're right. I think it's Tutankhamen. I don't know. November 4th, 1922. The Boy King's tomb is discovered by archaeologist Howard Carter. Carter and Lord Carnarvon would open the tomb and look inside three weeks later. Lord C., who financed the excavation, died five months later due to an infected mosquito bite, leading to many speculate, including Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the creator of the Sherlock Holmes series, books, etc., that his death death was caused by protections put in place by King Tut's priest to guard the royal tomb. I that was one of the reasons I wanted to be an archaeologist when I was five. See, <laughs> this speaks volumes. That's valid. I wanted to be an archaeologist because of Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I also wanted to because of dinosaurs, but then I found out you had to use toothbrushes to actually uh, retrieve the fossils. I wanted to use dynamite. It would take too long. I moved along. <laughs> She's not exaggerating. This, this is her, uh, her backbone of a lot of what makes Betty tick. <laughs> uh, 19, uh, 1879, November 4th, the electric light. Thomas Edison files a patent for his in, I can never say this word, incandescent, incandescent electric lamp. Note, Joseph Swan had already patented the incandescent light in Britain the previous year. Go America. Taken over. Um, I'll just skim through these. November 4th, 1646, Massachusetts Bay, of course Massachusetts, because of the mass holes. Uh, the death penalty for denying word of God. If you don't like Boston or God, we will kill you. Uh, okay, this is ironic. In California, November 4th, 1992. Oh, that makes sense. Modern times. Nudity banned at the University of California at Berkeley. It was, a response, it was in response to a student known as the naked guy who regularly attended classes au naturel. <laughs> God, I hate California. No, for those of you who love California, I respect you. I'm one of those who loves California. That's one of our 20% differences. <laughs> <laughs> um, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Oh, I love the show. I might get a sound effect for this. Actually, I will get that. So stand by for today's birthday. Uh, today, November 4th, 1918. Died in 2003. A very famous actor. Betty probably won't know him. Not because she's bad, but because she's not old. <laughs> this guy's birthday is today. Oh, yeah. I got this here uh, pin cushion. That's good enough for the star. Perfect. Let me have it. I wish I had a stand to put it on. Let me have it, Tom. Huh? I have. 
All right, that was very, very, very vague, but that was Art Carney of the Honeymoons, Honeymooners fame. That show ran back in the 60s and 70s, I believe. Uh, he was also in the, any theater people might know the stage play, The Odd Couple. He was in that, um, and yeah, today is his birthday. Moving on. <laughs> I, watch, I was telling Betty uh, in between the recording, I used to watch that as a child, like the only little boy in Idaho that watched an old black and white TV series. Um, I watched that and did you ever watch, it was a Robin Williams show. His TV oh, uh, is it Three's Company? No, uh, of the same era. Um, I don't think I knew it. Dang it. Hey Google, what's the TV series with Robin Williams? More committee. Um, it was called... Oh, yeah, 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 that's the one I meant, and then I said the wrong one. 56 TV shows. Here are the first Stop. three, Mork and Mindy, The Crazy Ones, and Happy Days. Okay, so yeah, Mork and Mindy. <laughs> and in the TV show, Mork would watch TV upside down on his couch. And my dad actually has pictures of me as a kid watching Mork and Mindy upside down on a couch. That's awesome. So I've been influenced way too long with movies. Walter Cronkite, also born today, 1916, uh, journalist, etc. Will Rogers, American humorist, author. He died today in a plane crash with, I don't know who that guy is, so I won't bore you. Oh, this guy is a resurgence. Born today, November 4th, 1961. American actor of The Karate Kid. Anybody know who he is? Oh, I gotta bring back a classic song. So if you don't know who it is, I've already given away with the, with the TV, the movie name, but you need to hear the song. It's a very ballad, very 80s, very 80s song. It breaks my heart to see you cry. That's enough nostalgia bullshit. But only in a movie like that in the 80s, or is it like two like high school lovers and they have like the epic song that talks about them being forever together? This isn't Dawson's Creek. People aren't together forever. It's a bunch of bullshit. Most people have to wait till they're 44 to meet the right person. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that was a long rounded roundabout way of uh, telling you today is Ralph Macchio's birthday, 1961. And for those of you who've been watching, um, I think they're on season three on Netflix, Cobra Kai. Do you know that exists? I know it exists. I have not seen it. It's awesome. It actually makes you, did you watch, I'm not mocking you, but did you see the original Karate Kid? I was too small to remember it, but yes, I did see it. I think she's 20. I think she's younger <laughs> than she's told me. But anybody that remembers the original Karate Kid, um, oh, I just blanked on his name, Johnny. Frick. Johnny something. Johnny, not Johnny Cage. That's that's your stupid show with um, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, are you talking about Street Fighter? Yeah, that's Johnny Cage. No, that's Mortal Kombat. No, yeah, I was going to say, no, you're talking about uh, Dial now. Anyway, the bad guy <laughs> in the original Karate Kid is Johnny something. Um, but when you watch this series, I, I saw some nerd deep cut. They're like, well, if you watch the series, the first se episode, uh, the se first season of Cobra Kai, the modern, the current series follow-up to the Karate Kid movie, and then watch the Karate Kid movie after watching the first season, Ralph Macchio becomes the bad guy. He's an asshole. Like, it's, it's, it's very fascinating to watch it to. You're like, oh, man, that guy was just trying to be a... Hmm. 
<laughs> like at the end of Karate Kid, he does the crane kick, like that famous kick that wins the match. It's in all like it's it's in all the highlights of all the movies of the eighties. Yes. It's not allowed in karate matches. So he got rewarded for the gold belt buckle or whatever the hell he got for doing the legal kick, breaking poor Johnny's nose. Screw Ralph Macchio. <laughs> Did they do a replay? No. Did the judges review? No. <laughs> It's the replay. <laughs> exactly. Laura Bush. Yeah, this Ameri- this history. We're just going to scroll through this fast. We've beat it to death. These are people. She's alive. He died. Death alive. Death alive. Dead. Oh, okay. I'll bring this back because of yesterday. Today, November 4th, December... Or, I'm sorry. Today, November 4th, uh, 2008. Michael Crichton died. I didn't know he died. Oh. So, that's a throwback to yesterday. I was talking about the book I'm reading, Jurassic Park. Um, I did not know he wrote Westworld, which is, I'm assuming, the series on HBO is based off of. Andromeda Strain, 1969, one of his other best books. He's been writing books for a long time. For those who don't know, he's like an MD and has like nine degrees as master's, PhDs, and all sorts of stuff. That's why when you read his books, it feels like you're listening to like stereo instructions. He's a genius. And we'll probably end on that note because a lot of people died and lived and were born today. So... (laughs) So, moral of the story, buckle up, don't look at your phone when you're driving, people die this day. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't be on the land of Boz, listened to by 30 people <laughs> for today in history as a day somebody died. That's the lesson. And so with that, that is today in history. <laughs> and staying on track a little bit better. There's an echo today. Um, we are going to continue on to today's... And, well, actually, I, I, I'll be fully transparent. I didn't do a journal this morning because I was tired and wanted to get to the gym. So we'll do a retroactive Jeff's journal. Okay, and for those who don't know, you are about to get very exposed to a little bit of what makes me click. Um, long story short, quick backstory is, hold on for nasty sound. That wasn't as bad as I thought. Um, I had a surgeon on one of my many injuries, he was a very down-to-earth hippie. He wasn't like Oprah, pray to whoever wrote The Secret and lay on your bed and manifest a million dollars. Um, I'm remarkable, just died. So I will use technology to pull up an old one. So anyway, his name is Dr. Levi Harrison, and he actually met with Oprah, which is what brought him into this world. And he kind of, he's very intuitive as to what was making me tick and what wasn't making me tick and what was actually... (laughs) making me not like actually going against helping me tick and he gave me one day he's like you should you know you should journal and I was like oh I rolled my eyes really really big because I instantly was like oh god thank you Oprah but he was very he was much more like definitive in his suggestions and he told me you know you should write down what you're grateful for so you're aware of what you're grateful for and then also you know keep track of things that you want to do different he never really gave me a format so I just kind of made up my own and assuming the remarkable app pulls up fast enough while I'm talking um, it, it basically said, uh, you write down what you're grateful for, something you want to declare, which to me is more grounded than a bunch of hippie. I, 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 you know, I put it out to the universe that my torn hamstring will heal and feel better. Whereas declarative, it's just like, no, I'm going to go to physical therapy and get it repaired. Like, so like to me, a declarative statement has more, I think you might be the same way. Like. Yeah, I'm definitely inclined to go the direction yeah. of, okay, so I put it in the universe, but did it know where to go? Did it stop? <laughs> Who's receiving this information? I know there's a lot more to it, but yes. instant skeptic still has to filter things. Yes, Betty's very, uh, for those of you in the military, she is 
does and exudes and actually practices knife hand. <laughs> so, um, all right. So I will go to one, not yesterday's because I did it, but I will. So basically I break it down into gratitude, declaration, and an action. And these, I am looking at it live and I'm not editing it. So this could be embarrassing or inspirational or both. Uh, so I'm going to go back to November 1st. Oh no. <laughs> so my first thing on, on November 1st, I just write, I just write a G for gratitude and I put a circle by it and I just write a little simple sentence. And this is perfectly timed. I'm, I'm going to get, I might get action with this. <laughs> <laughs> grateful. November 1st. I am grateful for Betty a home, food, and my life. I love that. That was at three in the morning, so that day changed. (laughs) And then my declaration uh, for that day was, I said this yesterday, and I actually was thinking about this this morning after um, my doctor's appointment and when I was getting coffee. It's ironic that a declaration sentence is almost like you want to think positive thoughts. So inherently, depending on what you write down, it can almost be the opposite how you actually feel because you're trying to like, I don't know what we, you can call it reprogram your thought process. So I wrote down, <laughs> I'm happy and healthy, motivated and successful. Pretty happy, but I'm definitely not healthy. I'm definitely not motivated. And I'm definitely not successful. So that's why you write a declaration sentence where you're trying to like, it's almost like those. Um, it's fuel. It's yeah. what you pour in is really, it's like, okay, if you feed yourself well, yes. you're going to demonstrate wellness in that way. If you're putting the correct fuel in your vehicle, it's going to operate better. It's all, it's fuel. Yes. It's like, what are the, almost like so there's a lot of, on Spotify, you can listen to a lot of subliminal message tracks. And I, I'll straight up admit it. I have a handful that I listen to and it just becomes your, it, it literally is a voice becoming your inner voice. Like, you know, if you watch a show enough, if I watch The Office for the next three or four hours, I'll have, that's what she said jokes, just running in my mind. So why not? <laughs> it's not have, just in your mind. <laughs> exactly. I'll say them out loud. So why not have these declarative, positive, like you said, good fuel sentences cycling in your mind? Uh, it might not help. It might be stupid and never proved to be anything, but it definitely doesn't hurt. Well, versus I mean, negative talk. Exactly. And if you consider, uh, like, eliminate the, the benefit factor. Pretend it doesn't help. But what you're also doing is you're not putting tripping stones in your way. Yes. You know, Good it's point. like, all right, you didn't air up the tires, but you're also not falling flat on your face because you put all these negative things to trip over. <laughs> yes. I had, um, I, I did a post about this many years ago where... It's hypocritical because I'm not good at this this very the action of this very observation I made, but um, you know you could like stub I use this metaphor like you could stub your toe in the morning and it could ruin your entire day. You know it might hurt, it might cause you to run late, and as a result you're running late, you're flustered, you get to work, and then it just kind of creates a you know a, a cascade, effect. cascade effect. So if that can happen with a negative instance, i.e. the stubbing your toe when you get out of bed, why then? I mean, just that's science, that's nature, that's the law of, I don't want to say attraction because that's hippie Oprah bullshit, but that's the law of, uh, not, fuck, attraction, north, south, polar opposites, magnetism, whatever. But if there's an, a negative version of that, in theory, a positive version of that should exist. So what's the positive version of stubbing your toe that sets your day up for positive cascade effects? Absolutely. I'm not good at it, but it makes sense on my, in my head. If you're thinking about it, you can start engaging it. Yeah. And, and this I'm, is a really good way of putting it in, like, in your face to think about it. Yeah. I'm very bad at it. I'm not being self-deprecating. I'm, I'm very good at being very bad at it. I can stub a toe, and I'm like, I'm very efficient. I'm like, I can let this ruin, I can let this ruin myself for weeks. I'm really good at it. But you don't have to let it conquer you. You don't have to. But I'm just like, why can't I be good at something bad? 
All right, moving on. And my A in the uh, gratitude declaration action that day for me was diet adhesion. And that's just, you know, like sometimes I even wrote like one day I wrote fine volunteer work. Um, you know, so sometimes it can be really trivial. Another day I had to send pictures to the Idaho State Journal who interviewed me. So like action can just be something you want to accomplish that day. Not a to-do list, but just something. So that is Jeff and Betty's uh, breakdown of uh, Jeff's journal. All right. And one of the things... I'm tired of saying all right. One of the things Betty and I um, actually overlap on significantly, or at least to the point where we respect it, um, is health, fitness, nutrition. And I objectively, slight self-deprecatingly, will say she's actually much better at it than me. Like I said in the show yesterday, I think a lot of people that live very extreme bodybuilder-esque lifestyles pretty much have massive body dysmorphia and massive eating disorders. Betty is a person that didn't get in. She had. She has, a. I don't want to say history of mistakes, but history of lessons. That you've learned from personal experience but i would say luckily it never got to the the horrible extremes that are costing her present tense success so i definitely pat her on the back for her success now but one of the things i remember and uh like i said in the show i i explained what bc was for us yeah and uh i said yesterday in, a, in the show what bc was and that's basically anything pre her and i and a bc i hate to bring up bc stuff but a person i was with was all like oh your body great but then after every day after work, they'd want to go get beer and nachos. And I'm like, <laughs> excuse my language. And I was like, how the fuck do you think I look like this? So with that being said, that's part of like, there's my example of why Betty and I really work. Um, she is a good balance to my horrendous bodybuilder extremes that pretty much cause yo-yo dieting, body dysmorphia, and massive eating disorders. So it's a work in progress, but that's the long, horrible segue to uh, the segment of, we're going to talk a little bit of fitness and nutrition. Okay, I'm going to get a Bowflex. I'm going to commit. I'm going to get some dumbbells. You know you can't eat dumbbells, right? And for those who don't know, that was from Guardians of the Galaxy. Today, Betty and I are going to talk about two things we saw. <laughs> I hate the world we live in where we're using Instagram as a topic generator. Source material. Oh, that sounds better. Um, we <laughs> that, was, that was very morning zoo, morning zoo radio guy. This is, this is why I drink coffee this <sighs> evening. I'm ready. I'm ready. To High go. octane. I'm ready Let's to go. go. Bed. Betty goes to bed like at 11. I go to bed in an hour. <laughs> One of our, that'll go in our 20%. That's going to be my reference from here on out. 20%. Every time a difference comes up, I'll just say 20% because that's in our 20% we don't match on. Um, but one of the things we saw today and we shared uh, while she was at work uh, with Instagram posts was uh, two, actually I came across two and they were both talking about protein content. And another topic was uh, basically it's almost a continuation of yesterday's fitness where it was all about like consistency and, and sustainability versus extreme fads. And I can speak on both sides of that equation. But one of the posts said something I want to say it said, it's better to be 90% consistent 100% of the time than 100% consistent 50% of the time. Absolutely. And and so those are the two things Betty and I shared on. And so we'll start on the protein thing and the thing that Betty and I are talking about. And again, so for perspective, Betty is a very fit, sleek, she, and I mean this in a complimentary way, <laughs> sinewy. Like I think of, um, um, uh, Celine from like, from Underworld. Like, fit, and you don't want to fuck with her. But like, <laughs> she's not a bodybuilder. I'm like, oh god, chromosome check. <laughs> you know. So like, Betty isn't like she's not the person trying to get giant muscles and vascularity, and she doesn't care about her, her like deltoid caps and how they tie into the insertion of her traps, like some freak like me. 
So she can kind of speak on behalf of that. So my audience isn't like, hey, bodybuilders, let's talk protein, bro. She's actually the everyman as far as, or she, you can represent the everyman because you don't have like these extreme bodybuilder protein needs. And so the thing that the reason Betty and I brought up protein today was because it has basically been bastardized because everybody assumes the bro protein bodybuilder, Mr. Olympia, lots of protein, protein jug. And as a result, society, and I saw this when I was babysitting those girls, is so protein deficient. Like so protein. Like if you think everybody goes to Starbucks or whatever, everything is, and I'm not even getting into the bastardization of bread or gluten and all that bullshit, but it's just, and I don't care about carbs, but everything chemicals isn't yeah it's chemicals but everything isn't protein basically you go to starbucks you go to um even if you go to like whopper uh, whopperville uh, burger king (laughs) it's mostly fat and carbs you're barely getting any protein in those meals uh for like i don't care if it's healthy or unhealthy but everything is not protein basically and sadly one guy did a post where he talked about like some people are getting like 80 grams a day yeah and that's absurd and betty she's the person that eats you know, she, I watch her fry eggs twice a day and she drinks a protein shake. And she's not, like I said, she's not out to be a bodybuilder. And why do you think, like, do you think that's why people are scared of protein is because it's almost been ruined by the, the, the muscle heads? Yeah, I would almost say it's not even that it's been misrepresented so much as the correct representation or at least maybe the more scientifically accurate information has been overshadowed by really loud um, marketing. <laughs> yeah. And like you were saying, the muscle heads. Yeah. And so then you hear protein and you think, you know, the guy that's eating dumbbells. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like because like to hear sinewy lean Betty throughout the day say things I've said <laughs> is weird to me because I'm used to me thinking them or me saying them or people of my ilk saying them. So when she's like, I got to go eat protein, I'm like, what? I must synthesize. Yeah, this little skinny, pretty model saying I must go eat protein. <laughs> I'm used to like... My buddy Michael Hearn saying that. <laughs> Anybody who knows Michael Hearn, you, you know we're friends. But like, so like it, that just goes to show, like you said, yeah, loud marketing is perfect. And and um, a touch on what I said yesterday about how, and I think you agree with this more or less, um, how the simple stuff is what works. And we we've talked about how like yes, science is advanced or exposed or revealed or bettered our understanding of various things, hormones, etc. But at the end of the day, the not sexy stuff works. Yeah, it, clean. Not forgetting pro- the basics. Yeah, like you got to build from that. Yeah, so like good clean protein or whatever. That's that. Yeah. You, if you sex it up with carnivore diet, keto protein, you know, wait, like I remember when I was doing bodybuilding bullshit, I'd literally wake up in the middle of the night to have protein because there was a, a some bro science going. You're you're out of protein at night, and if you're trying to build muscle, it needs protein. I'd like set an alarm and drink protein in the middle of the night. It's just completely asinine. There's no science to prove that. Just bro science. But as a result, that screwed it up for all the good people like yourself or quote-unquote normal people. It's just a lot of noise to sort through. Yeah. And you have to figure out who is the most valid voice and then key yeah. in on that and really well, with that. And again, Betty and I are, I mean, I would say Betty's more of an expert than I am to be. Like, I'm just a trial and error guy. But I came up with a school, like one of the posts had some science shit that I can't quote, but it talked about how if you're extremely overweight or extremely underweight, there's a very old loosely quote unquote golden rule of like a pound per gram of body weight. So like I'm about 260 pounds. My goal, I use that carbon diet app. I'm not, I am pimping it, but I, I pay for it. I don't get it for free, but it calculates it for me. And I actually eat under 260 grams of protein because one of the posts actually support this is that if you're in a healthy 
if you're healthy and kind of running well, you don't need as much. But then Betty had a good thing, a good theory for some people, use a ground per pound of desired body weight. Yeah. Because protein, like the one thing people forget, and I think you'll agree, calories are, not calories are calories and the calories and calories out thing that her and I not differ on, but we get finicky on. We have fine but protein is <laughs> Protein is still calories. So like if you, if you eat 240 grams of calorie protein or 260 grams of protein, that's 20 grams of protein more times four. That's 80 calories more. So it's still, you're still consuming more calories. So if you're actually trying to lose weight or whatever, eating more protein equals more calories. So that, that was a genius observation where Betty had told me today, she's like, you know, a lot of people say eat your desired weight. I mean, if you're more, and I'm not mocking anybody, but if you're morbidly obese and you're like 300, 400 pounds and your desired weight is 120, bad, bad example. Like you wouldn't eat hundred grams of protein. Like you'd be massively malnourished or uh, undernourished. But I like, I like, I grew up on the gram a pound, gram per pound of body weight. Did like, you? Yeah. And if you wanted to get more muscle, you was like 1.5 or 1.2 or sometimes two. Like there was a point. Do you remember yeah. on a, the segments with American Gladiator when they used to talk about how much like steak they'd eat? Michael day? Hearn, that's my buddy. Was that he's from like that? An, he's like an OG American Gladiator for those of you who know. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. And at the end of the day, like I said this yesterday. Granted, let's say Arnold and all that back in the Mr. Olympia days, they might have been taking some extra vitamins. But at the end of the day, they really, and like you've pointed out to me a lot, shit wasn't all chemicals. Like when Arnold ate steak and eggs, it was probably pretty clean steak and eggs. Mm-hmm. He probably and didn't have to hunt down, you know, the clean, the, eggs. The, the clean eggs, yeah. the clean steak, the stuff that didn't have, you know, significant chemicals. Yeah, wash. steroids and hormones and exactly. all that stuff. And, and that was, again, shortly after that was when eggs got bastardized and ruined for, you know, a good decade uh, as far as, like, cholesterol will kill you. People egg. are still afraid of eggs. For sure, yeah. Like, Betty and I, we go through a five dozen easy every couple days at least. <laughs> And yeah, like too much of a good, anything is bad, but like Betty doesn't counter calories or weigh her food. I do, but it, the math still supports it. And there's no science really showing that those egg yolks are going to kill you. Like, oh my God, Jeff, are you eating the yolks too? The reason I don't eat my yolks is to save calories so I can eat more food. Maybe sometime we could read our labs on one of these. Yeah, exactly. That's what you, I like that. <laughs> like, we'll do that. this is my cholesterol. Yeah, that's this a really good point. That's why I'm not afraid. <laughs> yeah, that's such a really good point. So I guess the lesson of this segment is people that are, don't be scared of protein because, or actually I could say this globally, like don't be scared of anything bros have ruined it. <laughs> like, yeah. Do your research. There's no excuse not to find research. God forbid you find the wrong bro research. But with it, the internet now, it's hard to make these mistakes. It's, it's ignorant yeah. not to. It's good to keep in mind that what is real is real irrespective of who is saying it. So, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You know, you dig into enough information and, and you can start to see patterns and trends and, you know, look to those who are emulating the health level you want to be at and see like what they're that. doing and talk to them. Yeah. And a caveat or a addendum to that or tie in would be if it's too good to be true or it seems too amazing, odds are it probably is. It might be a lot. Like if somebody, <laughs> if, if I know a handful of bodybuilders that do this, but if you see, <laughs> the Rock eating 10,000 calories of donuts and pancakes. And you're like, wow, if he can do it, I can. Odds are, and that sounds great and it tastes amazing. You're like, oh, that's on, that you're probably, when it comes to health and nutrition, I don't want to say you have to suffer because that's obviously hypocritical of what I'm trying to promote. But if you get to be 
like Rome level debaucherous with your nutrition, odds are it's too good to be true. Or there's something they're not telling you. It's called incoming type two days. <laughs> yeah. Your pancreas will latently yes. flip out. <laughs> Unless you have a doctor monitoring every one of the levels like some theoretical superstar that eats pancakes and waffles and donuts and is taking a massive amount of vitamins that help mitigate a lot of stuff. Maybe a blood so, transfusion. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. So protein. Eat more of it. Like th- my thing I remember when I was babysitting those girls is I would actually get there's a protein powder that tastes like cocoa pebbles. And I would actually make their milk for their cereal out of that protein. So I added enough water to make it milky, not protein shake thick, but milk thin. And it was basically protein milk. And that way they, because I watched it. And these are very well-raised girls. Mom's great and everything X, Y, and Z. But I watched them eat all day and there was no dedicated protein source. Protein for a lot of people is an incidental like, oh, that sandwich had meat. They look at it as the thing that makes you full. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is if a lot of people like Betty's a way better example of this than me, having protein every two or three hours, bodybuilders have been doing that since the dawn of time. I remember the amount of Tupperware things I would have and I had an alarm going off every three hours to eat. But there's a reason that worked. It's not necessarily quote unquote needed like it used to be advocated. Like you must eat th- every two or three hours. You're not going to look like a bodybuilder. But as far as uh, hunger satiation, big time sugar and carbs and i'm not demonizing carbs they will always leave you feeling hungry and not full so protein eat more of it (laughs) nom nom yes (laughs) and secondly we'll tie into that and this one's getting too long um is the whole um it's better to be 90 percent consistent 50 percent of the time than 100 percent or 90 percent consistent 100 percent of the time than 50 percent 100 percent consistent 50 percent of the time because truly if you think about that with the math in mind that's not consistent at all yeah, exactly. But you're inconsistently, you're consistently inconsistent. Yes. That goes to like people that go to a shooting range. If you're hitting the same wrong spot, you're accurate. <laughs> yeah. You're technically accurate, but you're not. What's the other word? Um, that's, gun people are screaming at me right now. Dead. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you shoot them in the shoulder every time, you're highly accurate for the shoulder. But you're inaccurate for your target, which was the chest. <laughs> Was that, I, again, this, I think I saw this when I was too little to remember, but I feel like that you could tie the movie, was it The Rookie, with that? I think The Rookie's a baseball movie. Oh, see, I'm, I'm thinking of the wrong one. What was the, what was the cop one with Charlie Sheen and I, oh, I think, think Clint Eastwood? I, that might again, be The Rookie. I'm, like I said, really little kid. I think there's kid, also a baseball one, But too. there was, ugh. The, I don't know. Yeah, but Charlie Chan, wasn't, wasn't there like a running gag throughout the whole movie that he was told never shoot them in the head, you're never gonna make it, blah 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 blah. <laughs> and every time he he would, and we he, might have to watch that for homework. I don't know how old I was. I was too little, but I just remember he was like, "I'm aiming at the chest." And he always hit him in the head. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, that's that goes to yesterday's show about like it's it's and I'm actually this goes back to a, an admittance of. Um, yo-yo dieting and the massive eating disorders that come from my background of like, well, it didn't work. I'll wait till the Mondays. Everybody knows how much I hate, like I'll start Monday, but I'm, I know that I, I can identify it because I can smell my own kind. It's like, well, I fucked up. I'll wait till Monday or I'll wait till my next check-in on carbon or whatever. And that's to the point where you're so, you're consistently so inconsistent. You're not ever going to have any level of averaged out consistency. So this demonizing of extremes of like failure, success, failure, success is way worse than like moderate failures and, and moderate successes. Like that's a, 
I don't know, it's not an insulin spike, so it's a nice steady insulin. Yeah, yeah, like a slight deviation from the path can still be in the right direction, but if you, like, yeah. fly off the road left and right constantly, you're really never moving forward. Yeah, and that's why, again, it's a little pimpy, but like I said, I pay for it. But that's why, like, I, the Carbon app is really good for those who it works if that's the kind of brain you have, is it actually allows you to pick high days, or if you want to call it a failure day, or a day you're going to go out with friends, where you can actually increase those calories that day, and it'll calculate the rest of the week kind of creating that consistency that wraps around that slightly inconsistent day so it does that math for your brain so if you need that visual that's why like that works for me because it helps with my old days of extremes and helps deal with my yo-yo dieting eating disorder um yeah so that's long enough on fitness we'll get to some funny dick and fart jokes so (laughs) (laughs) that was fitness chat on the land of oz And so this whole show has been a little bit deep and hopefully somewhat, um, I don't know, a welcome top generate or a list of topics for everybody, but it's a little heavy and a little heated or a debt. I'm running out of words. Moving on. We're going to do some lighthearted fun stuff. So I believe Arnold is going to be in the room and he's going to do a little bit of Arnold Reads Poetry. Yeah, this is Arnold. I usually read the poetry, but there was a special request for my friend Sylvester Stallone to read a poem. So I will get my Planet Hollywood ex-partner because we went into bankruptcy. I will have him read a poem by Shel Silverstein called Everything on It. Uh, yeah, thanks, uh, 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 Arnold. Everything on it. Uh, I asked for a hot dog with everything on it. And, uh, yo, that was my big mistake. Because it came with a parrot, a bee and a bonnet, a wristwatch, a wrench, and a rake. And uh, it came with a goldfish, uh, <laughs> a flag and a fiddle, a frog and a French porch swing, and a mouse in a mask. I just went a little Chicago there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Adrian, that's the last time I asked for a hot dog. Well, hot dogs, Chicago, so it makes sense with everything. Thank you. And for my favorite part of the show and some other people's, but I don't really care. This is mostly for me. <laughs> my favorite, favorite segment returns with Betty as our contestant. Cowboy term or sex term? <laughs> and since Betty is new to cowboy term or sex term, I'm going to explain the rules. Uh, and also for the audience, Ooh, really echoey. I apologize, everyone. I know there's something wrong. I'll fix it next show. But basically, cowboy term or sex term. So I'm going to give you a term that's pretty much innocuous, like or very vague, and it's going to be either a cowboy term or a sex term. And you have to tell me what you think it is, if it's a cowboy term or a sex term. And I'm not going to correct you yet. And then you're going to have to explain what you think it is. Ah! So it reveals your brain. So if I say stirrup... That's very, or saddle, let's just be really simple. And for some reason you say sex term, and then you go off onto some deep, dark, wicked tangent. And I'm like, no, it's a cowboy term, and it's a thing cowboys sit on. I'm pretty sure it's both. (laughs) In this case, yeah, bad example. (laughs) So then I reveal to you what it really was. So keep in mind, try to keep it semi-PG-13-ish. 
I think um, we discussed this. It's yeah, PG-14. PG-14. And so um, I will try to do this live for Betty, but uh, in when you guys, when you all hear it on the, ep- on the episode, if it, what, no matter what she says, if, if it is a cowboy term, you will hear this. And regardless of what she says, and if it's a sex term, it will be this sound. I'm bringing sexy back. Sexy Duke Nukem, for those of you who know the games, Duke Nukem. So, without further ado, here is... Oh, I gotta pull them up, so stand by, hitting pause. Okay, here we go. Now, Betty, do not look at this screen. I'm not looking. So I'm gonna give her a term, and I'm gonna ask her what she thinks it is, what term, and then she's gonna have to give a definition. So, term number one, Betty. The term is a bone orchard. Bone, as in like tibia. Orchard, as in like an apple orchard. Bone orchard. Is it a cowboy term or is it a sex term? (laughs) I'm inclined to... uh, I'm going to probably say... What I want to say is I want to say sex term for most things just because I feel like (laughs) you can't go wrong. (laughs) Whereas cowboy terms are going to be a lot more objective. Um, It almost seems too leading for it to be a sex term. Okay. So you're going with cowboy term? Yeah. Okay. And what is your definition what do you think it is i have no idea gotta come up with something okay and it can be crappy you can be you know you don't have to be on it can be as innocuous and, and tame and boring or whatever no <sighs> harm no foul bone orchard what is a bone orchard in cowboy world let's pretend it has something to do with tech tech Tack. Oh, like, t- okay, yeah, yeah. saddle, like, tack. Tack, for those who don't know, it's like, it's all the straps and, ho- like, saddles and stirrups, and it, it's, there's a, it's literally a tack room. So, uh, Betty says, man, the echo is horrible. Betty says, cowboy term, and is she right? <laughs> it was a cowboy term. So, she's one for one. A bone orchard, her definition was wrong, but she still gets the point. The definition is just for my own masochistic joy. <laughs> bone orchard is a graveyard or cemetery. Bone orchard. Nah, yeah, it's kind of obvious, but I, I didn't know either. I'm looking at a list of cowboy terms and sex terms, so I have two browsers up that are embarrassing. <laughs> so number two, cowboy term or sex term. Um, <laughs> Sorry, these are great. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, okay, I got two. I'll do them in a different order. Okay, so cowboy term or sex term, number two. Riding St. George. Is that a cowboy term or a sex term? (laughs) Well, I want to say that it's a sex term, but now I feel like it worked well for me to go the other direction (laughs) with it the last time. Um, Let's go cowboy term. (laughs) And your theoretical guess about riding St. George. St. George is a city in Utah, by the way. Let's uh, let's theorize that St. George is some famous horse. <laughs> okay. Betty says it's a cowboy term, and the definition is to be riding a famous horse, in this case, St. George. And is she right? Cowboy term or sex term? Oh, God, no. Oh, God. Stand by. I'm bringing sexy back. <laughs> it was a sex term. So, it is a sex term, uh, riding St. George. Okay, this one I can read. Some of them I have to, like, edit so much that you basically can't understand what I'm saying. Writing St. Saint- oh, this is ironic. 
Riding St. George is a vintage take on the cowgirl position that comes from the 1800s in the tale of St. George and the Dragon. The person on top gets to play the dragon. Oh, it's so proper. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it references St. George. I wonder if that's where St. George, Utah is based off of. So that is O and two, one and two. And lastly, we're going to, we got to do three. Um, <laughs> Cowboy Termer sex term number three. A choke strap. Choke like asphyxiation, strap like strap. <laughs> Cowboy term or sex term? I think it's both. I However, mean, some of these could be, I probably would. Uh, choke strap. <laughs> let's go cowboy term. Okay, and your definition? The rope that goes around the neck of something. Okay. <laughs> Betty says cowboy term. And uh, is she right? It is a cowboy term. I saw it and it caught my eye and I hoped it pump faker. That's also a cowboy term. And a sex term. <laughs> uh, choke strap is a man's necktie. Ah! So, not too bad. So Betty got two out of three for cowboy term and sex term. We will... Uh, Scott is normally the uh, player and he um, he's quite the wordsmith. When it comes to his definitions, <laughs> they uh, they need their own book. So that was Cowboy Term or Sex Term with Betty. So that is 47 minutes of an echoey the land of Boz for Friday, November 4th, 2022. I figured out the audio and uh, luckily I figured it out at minute 46. So I apologize for the entire show having a slight echo. Uh, I don't have Joe Rogan's funds. So the uh, Land of Boz studio, if you will, is a little rigged. I thought it was good, but actually Betty's only the second person I've had live. And I don't remember how the first one went. All the other people have been calling, so there was no echo problem. Because she has her own mic. So, not like her own mic, like she showed up like, I gotta use my mic. It's purple. <laughs> now we're back to Cowboy Turner Sexter. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, before we uh, wrap this up, I want to bring up um, kind of the template I'm going to try to do for the Land of Boz. I think I do this every year when I get back, get my shit together and re- start recording. Um, but I'm going to do at least once a week. I'm going to try to go live on uh, on each one if I can. And that will be part of my Instagram subscription. Sorry, everybody. But even though this is 48-minute podcast, we've been working on this for several hours. And I still have several hours of post-production. So I know Joe Rogan ruined it for everybody because he has like 15 minutes of sponsors at the beginning of his show. Uh, Jeff Bosley doesn't have Yeti sponsoring his show. So until that day comes, that's why for little uh, uh, select nuances, I'll be taking advantage of some various platforms way to monetize. I won't ex- make it exclusive like I did when I first started the show where every show you had to pay for. I'll keep the, I'm pretty sure I'm going to plan on keeping the shows themselves on all the platforms free. I'm not going to make you pay on Patreon, etc. But I am going to do little um, bonus things, whether it's on the Instagram subscription thing um, or whatnot. It's still being ironed out. But like I said in the past, it's not because I'm trying to be a dick. It's just I try to make, I mean, anything you put time into for somebody to consume, it's nice to put some food on your table with it. And um, it's a touch of reciprocity. Exactly. The perfect wording. So as I said yesterday, it feels more like a tip jar right now, which it's kind of like that whole like let your conscience be your guide. And so for now, until I can figure out a way to like finalize all the details, like I said, I'm going to be more specific. I started the subscription service on Instagram uh, just a couple hours ago, and then you can get into that. 
I'll do stuff that, um, I don't know, I'll make sure you're getting your money's worth. I'm not just going to like be like, hey, look, here's a picture of a cat. Now pay me for that picture. Hey, my cats are cute. <laughs> They're not worth $5 a month. Actually, <laughs> you have discriminating people who like to listen to these things. And so they might actually appreciate the photos of my cats. <laughs> Edit that out, Jeff. Note. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, um, until I figure out those things, people have asked, and this isn't just a, a really shitty pitch. People genuinely have asked like, hey, how can I help? And I have it at the end of the show notes every time. But, you know, honestly, I have the, um, you can go to Venmo, PayPal. I even have an Amazon shopping list. And those things help, you know, like some people helped Scott and I shoot noon. Like they actually bought us some gear for our shoot. And so that stuff is huge. So at the end of each of my posts, there will be a, an Amazon PayPal, an Amazon, or a, an Amazon list, uh, a PayPal and a, oh, uh, what's it called? Venmo handle. And that's, uh, you know, a tip jar. Let your conscience be your guide. I am now officially on Spotify, iHeart, iTunes, Google. I was told Amazon Music today, too. And all those links will be in the show notes. And until Spotify re-listens, it's basically they kicked me off their platform because I was playing stuff that I didn't own. But I'm not technically making money off of it, even if I get a tip. So I'm not breaking a copyright law. However, the algorithm. So, yes, all those... Places to pay, pay, places to send money, places to buy toys. Um, there will be Instagram lives while I record these at some point. We will start submitting questions, so send me your questions, fans at jeffbosley.com. And the Land of Boz on Instagram. And I'll try to get more interactive because everybody knows I'm kind of unemployed and bored out of my mind. So with that being said, here's normally where I wrap it up and say the thing I always forget what it is. <laughs> it's like I literally have to look. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Here's where I normally say, go forth, conquer, kick ass, be relentless, adios. But Betty had an idea. I'm not going to take it, but since she's a guest, I'll let her say hers for the day. So I will say mine and Betty will say hers, which they both adequately reflect the kind of people we are. (laughs) So for me, please go forth, conquer, kick ass, be relentless, adios. And for Betty? Toodaloo, motherfuckers. All right. Bye, everyone. (laughs) 